Hello and welcome to Chasing Care, a podcast that takes an open and honest look at health and social care in your local community. We speak to care assistants, support workers, registered managers, business owners, together with the end user and their families. We also speak to the Care Quality Commission and take a look at legislation moving forward. So, if you're interested in health and social care in your local community and how it may affect you day to day in your local community, then this is for you. My name's Gavin Chase, I'm your host. So let's strap in and get the show on the road. Welcome to this episode of Chasing Care. Today, we're exploring the use of robots in care. Today's guest, I have somebody that runs their own podcast, Robot Philosophy, where he keeps people up to date with the latest news, reviews, and anything new in the robot world. He actually owns two robot companies, Robot Centre and Robots of London, and has worked with the likes of Airbus, Honeywell, NHS, Asda, Johnson & Johnson, Marks & Spencers. He's been around the industry for over 15 years and is a self-proclaimed robotics enthusiast who's got a passion for exploring the business and applications of robotics. I'd like to welcome to the Chasing Care podcast, the human face behind robotics in care. That's Philip English, aka Robo Phil. Welcome. Great to have you on board today. Cool. Hi, Gavin. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. I've given a very broad introduction to you, but for the listeners who don't know you, paint a picture. Tell us about you. Yeah, no, you did a, a great intro there. So basically with the two companies, the advantage that I get is able to, being able to see both sides of the industry. So like Robot Sensor specializes on industrial robotics and the new generation of robots into warehousing, pick and place and material handling. Whereas the Robots for London is specializing in conferences and rents, but it specializes on retail and social robots. So this is, these are the more of the robots you see interacting, like maybe in the care homes, but I get to see both sides of the industry and seeing how they, I suppose, like evolve as we go further and further into sort of the robot world. And basically, yeah, I mean, I've also seen things like merge over as well, where you start to have more social in the work and on the industrial and vice versa to actually get both of the, uh, of the robots working with more people. What got you into robots in the first place? Oh, that's a great question. So it actually started when I was really, really young. I think it was my very first trip to the cinema where I actually saw the film A Short Circuit. I'm not, not sure if anyone remembers that film, like Johnny Five. I must have been about six or seven at the time. First of a film, Amazed About Robots. And funny enough, I actually started off earlier in the career, trained up to be like an electrician. And then I went into the film industry and then... Um, I suppose as a, like subconsciously, I've sort of come through that, realised the film industry is all about graphics and effects, and I wanted still want to deal with the real life robots. So I've come out the other side and, you know, dealing with the real life Johnny Five, hopefully. So that's where we're going towards, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talk in the care sector about technology, and I took the opportunity to use a new piece of technology, ChatGPT. I understand yeah. that Google has brought out their own now as well today and i asked chat gpt 
about the future of robot technology in care, home care and also in residential care. And it came up with an answer or two, which was quite interesting. And it does actually say that the future for robot technology in care homes and home care is promising. I don't know what mm. it means by promising, mm. but robots can help with tasks, it says, such as medication management, meal preparation, mobility assistance, companionship and, and social interaction. And it actually drew me to two products, do we call it? Pepper Robot and okay. Paro Robot. That uh, Paro Robot apparently is a baby seal, That's which, right. which is amazing. So ChatGPT, the future of search, tells me that there is a future for robots. Is that real? Is it really beneficial to people in the care sector? So that's a really interesting question about chatbot GPT, yeah, and to actually ask that technology and to see what it comes up with. Funny enough, I've been involved with both Peppers and the Paro. I've been, I suppose, in the industry for about 15 years now, so I've had to, a dabble of, again, of both sides of the robot industry. If you looked at it from the baby boomer trend, that generation is basically between the 60 and 80 now. And actually, it's one of the biggest generations that has actually derived a lot of the technology coming through the years. So you had the car industry and then you had the holiday industry. And obviously, now that generation is getting to a certain age, they're coming into the medical industry and, and the care home industry. So this is why we see a lot more of robots going into medicine and going into care homes and a lot of innovation and technology getting put into that sector. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think you're right. I think I think you have to find the right application. And that's sort of our job, really. I mean, it's quite easy to be dazzled by all the, all these robots and what they can do. So our job is to go in there and find a true application that, that the robot can assist with. And, and you mentioned a few of them there, which is to do with obviously making sure the correct pills are uh, are in the right pods and making sure that the person is taking them at the right time. So there's that sort of application. The Paro is a therapeutic tool. So that got used in dementia homes to actually calm down patients who have any aggressive type of personalities, either from dementia or various ailments that they may have. So, but it's about finding the right application. And once you've got the right application, then you can start to have a look at what robots are going to be the best to find a solution for that application. Pepper is a social robot. You can do things like play games on the Pepper. So you can do Tai Chi sizes. And it's also got a language chat box. So you can have conversations with Pepper as well. But yeah, yeah, find, find the right application to start with, then find the, the right robot for it. That's, that's what we do question that begs to be asked in my world i mean i'm part of a care company and we deliver care and it's firsthand and it's that social interaction where does the balance work really between a robot fulfilling some function and real care so this is when you have a look at that collaborative piece where you have a look at the, the care worker and the robot so we, we we work with a company that produces a special arm that helps people move when they're bed bound. So if people are bed bound, they've got to have a certain amount of exercise each day. And it's normally a nurse comes in, has to pick up the leg, has to massage the leg around, move it. Causes a lot of issues, can cause a lot of issues for the nurse. We're having backache and this repetitive thing she, she, she has to do daily, maybe for multiple patients. And the, and, the, and the idea is that, that the nurse can come in, use the arm to set up 
this process of, of, of raising the leg and moving it around. And then if she can do her side, which is obviously the, you know, the social side, the robot can do the physical work that needs to happen. And then she can almost go and work on the next patient to get them ready for the robot. So it's very much that dual collaborative piece. Am I just a little bit confused in my mind when I, I think of a robot, I think of something probably rtd to sort of two legs and arms and walking around and doing its own thing a robot arm isn't to me a robot it's well it is but it, it you know what i mean it's not the the image that i have of a robot in care yeah well so there, there are more and more robots coming out like the star wars and star trek there was one recently by agility robotics which is essentially that a robot that can literally has arms and legs and picks up a tote and moves it to a conveyor belt and puts it on the conveyor belt there's quite a lot of hype about that right right at the moment I saw but yeah that i saw that you see that one yeah yeah i did yeah so um yeah so like robots can be any form really or or even just a, that some sort of form of automation. But in the care home, again, it's all the, it's all the repetitive tasks that we mainly look for, and and basically as an assistant for the for the care home worker. Because you're right, you know, you still need that care. You need that personal person there to look after the the actual patient. Essentially, a robot's a tools. You know, it's just a tool to allow her the lady or the man to do her job faster and better. So when people talk about technology in care. We have to be very careful, don't we, that we don't get too excited about what can physically replace a care worker, a care assistant, support worker. Would you agree with that? How do you mean? But you need, you still need that first-hand touch of a care worker to socially engage and also to deliver that quality of care. Yes, so I would say that. I mean, we, we, I suppose we would see how things come in the future. I mean, as you said, from chatbot GPT, as that evolves, as the chat system evolves of that, and then they're talking about having the ability to actually have a full-blown conversation with the computer and it can have just as good conversation as you and I. But I suppose the, the advantage is, obviously, the computer can have a lot of medical and doctor knowledge, including vision as well. So they're developing systems where I, I think it was a I think it was a teddy bear where they gave the teddy bear to the child and they didn't and the child obviously didn't know the teddy bear was had these special cameras on which, which could actually tell if the child was hot or cold or was about to go even unconscious. And in a, in a real life scenario, if that happened, the teddy bear could sound the alarm. To answer your question, I mean, at, at the moment, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like you need that care side and you use robots as tools. But as we progress, as we get more intelligent and more able to have a human-like conversation, then you then you can have the mix. And, and, and that goes with touch as well. They're developing a lot of types of robots that feel like human skin. And then you enter the world of haptics as well, where actually you could be a doctor on the other side of the world and come into the robot, essentially put put on a pair of gloves and be able to do what, what, whatever you need. So, so yeah, it's very oh, going to wow. be very interesting over the next few years. So, yeah. I did hear that in Japan, they have robots in care homes that walk the, the corridors at night and go into residents' rooms and check on vital signs for those residents. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I, I can... I. I can see, I, I definitely understand that technology is there for that. I mean, the, the the only thing I would question is that why would you need a robot to do that? You know, we surely that the patient can just be wearing something that would check the vitals and that, and that's what we like to look into, you know, what, what is the application? You know, if he, like, you may not even need a ro ro robot, you may just need some form of automation 
that moves from A to B. But, but yeah, obviously, the more advanced you got, the more cheaper components are, then you, you, you may find you get more of a human-like robot, which has which can do lots of things instead of one one bespoke thing. I mean, it's a bit like the artificial intelligence, you know, they say about the NI, so artificial narrow intelligence, which is something like Siri, it's very narrow focus. But I suppose as artificial intelligence moves to artificial general intelligence, which is basically the same conversation that you, you you and I are having now, then you may have a, an artificial general like robot that can do a lot more tasks instead of something like specifics. Who's going to pay for all this, do you think? Well, good question. Well, <laughs> that's a very good question. I mean, I think, well, the the, the idea of, of, of robots is obviously when they come into the businesses, they should be able to, they should be able to lower costs, increase speed and increase performance. So you would think in the ideal situation that, we actually end up with better products, better robots that are cheaper and higher quality. So I can't answer the question who's going to pay for getting us to that stage. But but there are but the, we always look for return on investment as well. I mean, on the industrial side, it's easy. You know, if you've got someone, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, like picking and packing or pushing the trolley around, then we go right straight away. Obviously, you know, the health and safety side, bad back, repetitive. And then, you know, we can get that guy doing a higher level job. And on, on the care side, that does that does fit into the care side as well. Just, you know, taking out the waste, delivering food, mm-hmm. delivering medication. In in a, in a hospital, we were, we were looking at a project for like the movement of drugs around. So instead of the nurse walking down to go get the drugs in the, in, in the office, mm-hmm. like 100 metres down the corridor, then it would just get delivered right by the bed to the specific patient and then she can focus on taking care of the patient and then just like administer the drugs it'll be interesting to see won't it if if local authorities are paying for 80 percent of the care home beds at the moment which roughly is the number and there isn't enough money to to pay for the beds in the first instance how's the care home going to be able to afford to invest in this sort of technology it's a big question isn't it oh, big see. question. I see. Yeah. Well, so, so yeah, this, so this is probably some expertise. Uh, I don't know too much about the, the, the numbers and the figures and how that works actually. So that's quite interesting to hear. Um, They're more likely to invest in something. I'm just l- looking at something here. The sock that sounds the alarm before an older person falls. Another new piece of technology from Nottingham Trent university, which apparently is a wearable fabric sock which will give us an indication if somebody nearly falls over or if they fall over they've got a 99.4% accuracy for falling which can be monitored remotely i mean that just seems to be the next thing doesn't it remote monitoring of everything that's right that that's right yeah and that's a classic example there yeah having something on that can monitor you i mean there's a lot of robotics sort of technology going into wearables as well where you can sort of wear an exoskeleton suit which is not so mechanical but it's actually the way that the material is designed you know to keep a straight back and to like, monitor you and see so, yeah there, there's is that type of technology coming as well if you were needing care would you mm. be happy to have robotics supporting your wellness I think as long as it, it, it was doing the right application, I mean, again, the, the perfect one is that if you're bed bound and you and you need to be doing, you, you need to move your muscles and your legs daily while you're recovering, then yeah, that, that would make complete sense. You know, the robot could come in, strap in and it would do the work for you. I mean, obviously you'd want the interaction of the nurse and, and the doctors as well, but, but at least that can then concentrate on 
on all the other aspects of getting you well, not just the mundane parts. And from your expertise looking forward, what do you see the future for robotics and technology in care? Well, this is when we're coming into this intersection of where we're seeing a lot of technologies that are all going to come like crashing together, really. So obviously, you know, they have the artificial intelligence side. So robotics are going to get more easy to communicate with. And from that side, that's definitely going to be a bonus. So, you know, if, if there is something wrong, you can maybe look into a camera and this camera is coming out the, these days, we, which can see into the back of your eye and see if there's any issues there. So we're going to see that merge. And then in general, robotics obviously going to get more and more advanced. They're going to be more and more features, be able to do more and more things and heading towards that Star Wars, Star Trek world is, yes, yeah, definitely there. We're definitely going in the right direction for that. So, <laughs> And how long is it going to be before the self-driving car turns up outside somebody's house and a robot gets out, walks down the driveway and delivers the care to the individual in their own home? and then moves on to the next home environment? Well, well, so that's a good question. I mean, like the technology is at a very basic level is already there, similar to the way chatbot GPT is very basically an artificial intelligence which you can like communicate with. So, I mean, I reckon for it to become commercially viable, 2040, where are we now, Twenty. About 20 years, okay, in the next 10 years, we're going to see advance. 2040, we're going to start to see that big advance. I mean, I mean, the way I, I, I always look at it, I've got to get my dates right here, is that if you, if you look at someone like Boston Dynamics and their dog, Spot, I think from the initial, oh, yeah. yes, I think from the, from the initial concept, a product that you can buy for 100 grand, which is still quite a lot, it's about 20 years. So... I've seen their Atlas robot. I think it was developed heavily in 2010. So in 2020 now, so commercially wise, by the start of 2030, you should have something commercially wise that is capable. And then by 2040, it'd be the time when it'd be heavily used. So that that's how I, that's just the way I see the timeline of things. It seems to, the trend seems, it seems to be there. If you were a care home, for example, yeah. today and you knew very little about robotics and what benefits it could bring to their environment what do you think they should be doing right so this is what we do at robot center we we basically have a methodology that we that is called robot optimized impact and it's a six-step approach that we look into and it and it, it's six steps and it breaks into three areas so the first step is first step is resources that's the r and that looks at first at the applications. So we find the right application and then we identify the right robot to use with the application. Second part is the operations. So then we have a look at how we're going to integrate that robot into the current care home or, or the hospital. And then after that, the implementation plan about who we need to train there and what we need to do and the actual rollout. And then the last part, so that's our, our last part is the eye. And this is what we have is the intelligence side. So this is when we actually get the data from the robots and we use that data to make the process um, faster, better and better quality. And, it, and, it's, and it's a continuing circle. If I was care home right, right at the moment, I'd probably come to like an expert consultant in the field and, and, and come to them with a few ideas, you know, come to them with a few pain points and problems that they've seen 
And then we can do the initial assessment to see if that's something that we can put a robot or do some sort of automation. And is it is it expensive to do? Is it genuinely now expensive? I mean, because often the people that start all these things are going to pay the premium prices until everybody else jumps on board and it becomes more of a commodity. Not really. I mean, it would be similar to deploying like an IT system. If I mean, if you, if you were a care home now and you wanted to deploy an IT system with servers and data and communication, you 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 would follow a similar thing. You know what what you want to do. You know what's the communication lines. Robots obviously are a combination of electronics and and the mechanical world. So, I mean, pricing wise, you can basically have, depending on your budget, a certain level of information on and robotics. But the best thing about it that we look at is the return on investment. So, you know, if there's if there's a return on investment that pays for the robot, then that's where we try to get involved. You know, we don't want to put automation in there just for the sake of it. It has to be. Uh, return on investment for the customer and it, and it has to be within line to a robot roadmap as well so they can in, increase it as things do get cheaper so. okay so that's interesting what you're saying is that you're not just interested in selling them a bit of technology it's all about some return on investment for that particular care home yes yeah and a future yeah, plan and a future plan i guess yeah that, that that's right i mean i've got a bit of a passion to try to get more robots into like the hospital world because we do like analysis and we say well look you know, you know, Dave, you know, the, the the porter does this much like walking per day. He he takes up three or four hours a day. Well, well, actually, if you can times that by a robot that can work 24 hours a day and doesn't take any breaks and constant there, then actually, you know, you're actually saving. You've actually got a, a saving there as well as you can upskill Dave to do something else. So, yes, yeah, so that's what we look into. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's an absolutely fascinating subject. We've just, I know we've just scratched the, the surface today, Philip. If somebody wanted to get hold of you to find out more about robots in care, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, I'd probably probably shout out to actually to my podcast, which I'm, I'm trying to develop and build more and basically do some interviews similar to this. And especially with the robot companies and the software companies, just so we have like an oversight of all of the technology that's coming down the line. So that's Robot Philosophy and it's at robofield.com. So yeah, if you, I think I'm Phil at, at robofield.com if you want to message me there. And then anything business-wise, so we've got Robot Centre. So yeah, you can find us on the web for that. Amazing. Thank you. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I've been looking forward to this podcast for quite a while to have a chit-chat about uh, robots in care. It's fascinating. I look forward to speaking to you again sometime in the future. But for the moment, Phil English, thanks for your time today. Cool. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Chasing Care. I've been your host, Gavin Chase, and I've enjoyed your company. I'd like to take a couple of moments to thank our sponsors, Network Healthcare, a care provider that's been delivering care across communities for the last 21 years, and to Top Care Executive Search, a specialist recruitment agency that identifies the hard-to-find talent of registered managers in the UK. So, if you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, like, and of course share. You can always send us a message too. 
And if there's a subject that's really important to you and you'd like to come on Chasing Care and talk it through, then please get in touch. In the meantime, I look forward to speaking to you again soon and have a great day.